0: And today's scripture reading comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. La escritura de hoy viene del libro de Efesios, capítulo 2, versículos 4 al 10. And I'm going to read the scripture for us first in Spanish, and then our sister Brianna will read to us the scripture in English as well. So let's hear with open hearts and open minds from the word of God, from the book that we love. First in Spanish, and then in English. Porque por gracia, ustedes han sido salvados. Mediante la fe, esto no se procede de ustedes, sino que es el regalo de Dios. No por obras para que nadie se jacte, porque somos hechura de Dios, creados en Cristo Jesús para buenas obras, las cuales Dios dispuso de antemano Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you and we give you praise for just this opportunity to gather as your people, to open up your words, and your word and to open up our hearts, Lord Almighty. Te damos gracias, Señor, porque tenemos esta oportunidad de abrir tu santa palabra. And Lord, we just pray that you, Lord Almighty, would uh, be the one that speaks to us speak to us in a way that is clear and in a way that is direct this morning. Through your precious word, Lord, would you give light to our souls? Would you create a path in those areas of our lives where it seems like there's no way, God? Make a way. And God, we just pray that you would pour out on us this spirit of wisdom and understanding, Lord, that we may know you more. And that we may be able to reflect your heart more and more, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for just this time that we are able to worship, to pray, and to receive your word. It's in the faithful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. So we've been on this series on the book of Acts 21-28 to that we've been calling Multipliers, how we can pass on our faith through our lives, through our words, and our actions. And we've been looking through those final chapters in the book of Acts in the, on the missionary journeys of Paul. And I thought that today, um, rather than continuing where we left off last week, that we would actually learn a bit more about this person that we've been reading about, about Paul And what we just read, the scripture that Brianna read for us, that's actually one of the most important phrases in the entire Bible. And it was written by this same person, by Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. He said these groundbreaking words that really shook the entire history of the world. And they are these words that say, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Those are words that really transformed the world as we know it, and the faith that we hold to, that we are here and we are gathered only by the grace and the mercy of God. Es solamente la gracia y la misericordia de Dios lo que nos trae y nos une aquí en este lugar. And so, really, we're going to be reflecting on this passage today. So please keep that in mind as we open up these scriptures and as we go deeper today. We'll continue in the book of Acts next week once again. But... As we, as, as we gather here today, and as I think about the group of folks that are here, um, I'm sure that there's something about you that I can make a guess about you that is true about you. And it's true about every single one of us in this room. And that guess is that you have a family. Every single one of us has a family. Whether it's the family of our origin, or of our birth, or another variation of that, the truth remains that we belong to families. And the fact is, everyone has a family, even God. And God's family is called the church. The church with a big C. Not just this church or that church, but the church with the big C. That's the family of God. And let me just break that down for us a little bit. What the, Those who are in the church, that's made up of people called Christians. Christians are people who place their faith and their trust in the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the greatest revelation of God to humankind. In Jesus, God fully reveals himself to us in the person of Christ. So if we want to know God as God is, then we must know Jesus In Jesus, God says, here I am. You can get to know me fully as I am. God reveals himself to us in Jesus. And friends, this is very good news because Jesus is alive and well and all are invited to be a part of God's family. Another word that can often be used in churches, uh, you know, we use this word church and sometimes think that it's just the building or just the event. No, but church is the family of God. And another word that we can use and kind of throw around at times is this word faith, right? And I love how the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, verse 1, actually gives us a definition of faith. It says, now faith is assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. But one of my other favorite definitions of faith that I've developed over time is that faith is simply the living awareness of the reality of what God has done to bridge the gap, to bridge the gap that existed between us and God because of sin. So God has made it well and restored something that was broken faith is awakening and responding to the reality that god came down god became like us so that we may be with god and transformed by his grace and by his power and ultimately to be a part of his family jesus took the cross he rose again for that goal so that we would be a part of his family and just to be clear, this announcement, this gospel, this grace of God, this action of God is something that God doesn't argue with us. It's not really an argument, this good news. But in fact, it's really a lot more like an announcement. You know, God doesn't start with a series of premises and then says, well, because of this, this and that, you should also love me too. No. When we think about the gospel, when we think about salvation, let's not overcomplicate it like that. It's not so much an argument, but it's a lot more like an announcement, in the same way that love is an announcement. So once again, we don't need to overcomplicate it, not so, not so much an argument, but an announcement, in the same way that love is an announcement. Not just kind of like love, but exactly like love. So who here has ever been in love before? Who here is in love right now? Come on, husbands and wives, this, is your, this was your cue. You messed it up, so you have to explain that later, all right? It's exactly like the announcement of love, and it actually reminds me of a story of a very good friend of mine. i um, going to be able to see him this uh, coming uh, Wednesday. He's one of my best friends, and he's a pastor up in Northern California. We're going to meet in Modesto. But I never forget the story, and I think I've shared it with some of you before, on how he got married how at the time he was dating his now wife, Robin, and, um, you know, they were on their second date, and my friend Josh, he was really trying to still impress Robin with, uh, you know, having interesting conversation and wearing his best outfits and taking her to great places, but really just on that second date, as Josh was in the middle of trying to woo Robin, she just interrupted him and said, you know what, Josh, I just need you to know that I'm in love with you, and I'm ready to marry you right now. <laughs> so don't do that. But that's how they ended up getting married. And they're still married. They're a, they're a wonderful couple. Um, been a, a great family, friends with Charlotte and I. But essentially, what Robin was doing was the same thing that God does by his grace. Robin was saying, I love you, and I want you to be a part of my family. And God does the same thing. God proclaims His love in action through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Dios demuestra su amor para nosotros por medio de Jesucristo. He proclaims His His love in action through Jesus so that those who believe in Him would have new life with God. New life that begins here and now. And that new life is not meant to be lived alone but that new life is meant to be lived in community, and that community is a family, and that family is called the church. So that's why we take an opportunity every single Sunday to greet one another, to go deeper. Afterwards, we have a fellowship, which is a part of our worship as well. It's to be God's family together here and now. That's the invitation of God. And that's you, and that's me. We are the family of God. So whether, you know, we have been a part of different types of churches, those who place their faith and trust in Jesus, we are a part of God's family. So the task of all of us who are a part of God's family, of the church, is we have a very interesting task. We have to stand right in the middle between things that are seen and things that are unseen. We actually live as witnesses to the grace of God, to the, salvation, to the salvation work of Jesus, what Jesus has done for all people in all times, in all places. We are witnesses that provide living evidence to the world. We provide evidence that God is good. It's not just a theory, it's not just an idea, but it's something real, and we have experienced it. Amen? Amen? That's what we proclaim. Indeed, this is the mission and the message of the church. We witness to what God has done in Jesus And I love that when we read the scriptures sometimes, we can see that the Bible, the Word of God can't even contain itself at times. It says phrases like, come and see, taste and see that the Lord is good. And we can live that out and point others to that truth. Here at Imago Church, we are a community that gathers, that builds each other up, that sends each other out. And we multiply this good news. We multiply ourselves. We are gathered in worship in order to be sent as witnesses to the gospel. To this good news that that was read for us in this scripture. That we can't do it on our own. It is only by grace, not by works. We are witnesses of the eternal story of God's salvation for all people, for all of humanity through Jesus. Jesus made a way where it seemed like there was none. And this same good news that we are gathered around was the same story witnessed by a community of early Christians. Those early Christians that we've been reading about in the book of Acts. Those early Christians in a place called Ephesus, which was the, 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 in this book that we read, Ephesians, it was written to the Christians in Ephesus. And Ephesus was an ancient city in modern-day Turkey, which is a place that still exists today. And just a bit of a context and background on Ephesus, if we had an opportunity, I would put out a map right behind us, and you can see exactly where Ephesus was located But Ephesus was the intersection of major trade routes. It was a major commercial center, very transient area where the surrounding communities passed through and depended upon Ephesus for their resources. You know, when I think about it that way, it actually reminds me of where we live, here in the California Central Valley, what has been referred to often as the breadbasket of the state. And the breadbasket of many parts of the country. Ephesus had the equivalent. Many of the surrounding communities depended on Ephesus for their goods and for their resources. And it is to the Ephesians, it is to the people of God in that place, that God, through the Apostle Paul, reveals God's dreams for humanity. And yes, you heard that right. God has big dreams. He has big vision for humankind. And God's dream is this. And you can find it in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22. It says that God's dream is to bring all things together under Christ. That that which was that precious thing that has been broken can now come together once again in Christ. So in other words, that's God's dream, to restore something precious that has been broken. And it is Jesus that does that. We can receive that and we can pass that good news on. And yes, when we're really honest with ourselves, we know that something is broken. Whether we take an opportunity to look at those deep parts of our own lives, Or we take an opportunity to just read the newspaper for one day and we have living evidence that something is wrong, that we need a savior, that we can't do life on our own. All it takes is just one day of looking deep within or one day of looking without and we see that we need a Savior, that something is wrong. Some of us can be thinking, well, Pastor Carlos, that's why I kind of just keep myself busy. I don't take time to reflect on myself, or that's why I don't even read the news. It's too depressing. All right. How about just with what's around us here on a more local level, here in the Central Valley, here in Visalia? In many ways, what was my calling to plant this church here in Visalia is because as I came as an outsider, I could see that there was a need for the gospel. That in many ways, here in the valley, here in Visalia, it's a tale of two cities. You see it in the surrounding communities too, in Tulare as well. There is a sense of hope and hopelessness. There is both excitement and also deep boredom. There is wealth wealth. And there is also deep poverty. There are communities and people who feel lonely and isolated. And that's all within a walking radius of this church. There's drug use, homelessness, teen pregnancy, and domestic violence. All of those things run rampant. Injustice and hopelessness, whether locally or internationally, they are there. Something is wrong. But God... But God does something about it. Those two words are some of the most powerful words in the entire scriptures. But God. Whatever you may feel in your heart or whatever that brokenness you read about, remember that those two words will always give living hope. But God. As this scripture says, but God being rich in mercy came to save us, but God does something about it. God has come in Jesus, in this big word, in the incarnation. He entered into our story, and He came to restore that which was broken. Jesucristo vino a restaurar eso que estaba quebrantado. And God takes steps in fulfilling this dream of restoration. God has reconciled individuals to Himself, and he's also reconciled these individuals to each other. So when God reconciles and restores his relationship with people, that's what's called vertical reconciliation or vertical restoration. And then when, when these people that have been restored by God, when they're restored to each other, that's called horizontal reconciliation or restoration So when we take the opportunity to actually greet one another and to be in fellowship and do life together, we're living out that horizontal restoration with each other. And these reconciled individuals, we become a united body that is going to witness to God's dream for humanity. And as we read about here and as we've been reading about the past year in the book of Acts, this body of believers is none other than the church. The church. Sister, brother, friend, that's you and me. We're in the game. We're not in the sidelines. The church in the scriptures is presented as a people, not just an event or a place. And Ephesus didn't just do church, but they had a higher calling people in Ephesus, the Christians we've been reading about in the book of Acts, as the church they were not merely maintaining an organization, but they were being who they were created to be. Imago church, God invites you not just to go to church, but to be the church, to be the family of God, to be the people of God. Here and now. Some of you may be asking, well, Pastor Carlos, that sounds kind of interesting, but how in the world do we even do that? How can we be the church? Well, being the church means first and foremost, taking an active part in God's family as we proclaim the gospel and as we live out the gospel. So in other words, the way that we can be the church is when we walk the walk and we talk the talk. Not just when we come and you know, bless you, Hallelujah here's Sunday and then there's Monday. No. It's when we live out the faith that God has called us to. And one very simple way that we can be the church is by simply taking the action of serving. We are the church when we serve. Somos la iglesia, somos el cuerpo de Dios cuando servimos. That's why yesterday we took this time to have a dinner together as a community and we talked and prayed about how God may be calling each one of us to a sweet spot in serving. What is your sweet spot? How can you be the church by serving God and serving others? When we serve one another, we actually are pointing to the grace and the goodness of God. By serving one another, we actually partner with God in accomplishing God's dream for humanity of restoring all things back to Himself. And then secondly, when we serve, we fulfill our life purpose as active members in God's family. God calls us to be active members of His family, not just passive and definitely not passive-aggressive, <laughs> but active members in God's family. So when we think about serving, we need to realize, and maybe uh, when we learn something new, we need to unlearn other things, right? And when we learn about serving, we need to realize something from the very beginning, is that serving is a gift from God. God. A misconception about serving and working is that some of us can think, oh, well, because of the fall of Adam and Eve back in Genesis, uh, we, we, back in Genesis 3, there's this consequence happened that now we have to work and serve. No, but remember, that happened in Genesis 3. But the gift of work and service was a gift that God gave humanity even before that in Genesis 2. In Genesis 2.15, it says this, The Lord God took the man and put him into a garden to work and to serve and to take care of it. So in other words, God's first gift to humanity was the gift of serving. The gift of working toward building something for the kingdom of God. We can be a part of that. Serving is not a consequence of sin, but according to this scripture, work and service is God's earliest blessing to us. We don't have to serve, but we get to serve. We get to build up something for the glory of God. Service is a gift. But that's the trouble with gifts, isn't it? The trouble with gifts is that gifts can be forgotten. I'm sure if I went around here and I asked, uh, what did you get or give for Christmas or your birthday five years ago? Many of us would have trouble remembering. You know, I I think I remember from my childhood, but then there was a certain point where I just forgot. But gifts can be forgotten. You know, I remember for me um, when my birthday or Christmas would come. I would beg my parents for the newest toy or the newest action figure that would come out. And I'm an 80s kid, 80s and 90s kid. Any other 80s and 90s or 70s or anything? Or 2000s, we have a lot of 2000s here, that's awesome. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I wanted that latest action figure. And this will probably date me, definitely, but apparently all these are back, but they were hip back then. So I wanted the latest Ninja Turtle or the latest Transformer, which all those are from the 80s, but somehow they made a comeback now. I don't know how. And then I wanted that when I was a kid and I begged my parents for it. And sometimes I would get it, sometimes I wouldn't. And then as I grew older, as a teenager, I'd like to think that my my tastes got a bit more sophisticated and I didn't care anymore about toys, but I wanted style and I wanted to look good. and so. Interestingly enough, again, I told you, I grew up in the 90s, so a lot of the styles that I really wanted, you know, were, were a little unique and different, right? Like, I begged my parents at one point to get me overalls in the, in the 90s. Like, I really wanted overalls, and I just wanted to wear them with one strap. Like, <laughs> there's pictures out there. You can probably, find my, in my parents' house. <laughs> but that's what I really wanted my parents to get me, is overalls, so I can have one strap on them. Or, and, uh, and I wanted Doc Martens, too, to wear them with the overalls. And, uh, and uh, as a teen, there was this, you know, hip group, and, uh, and, and they would actually wear their T-shirts backwards, crisscross. And I remember, actually, my neighbor did this, and I wore my shirt backwards, and I went to school one day. And <laughs> I thought that was like, I begged my parents for those styles, right? For the overalls, the Doc Martens, and the backwards T-shirt. But gifts can be Forgotten. Where are those overalls that I begged for and that backwards t-shirt and those Doc Martens? Probably collecting dust somewhere in my parents' garage. Gifts can be forgotten. How about for you? What's that one thing that you've thought about before? If I just had that, everything would be okay. Gifts can be forgotten. And sometimes that old saying, rings true, that the only thing worse than never getting what we always wanted is actually getting it, because gifts can be forgotten. At first we can be filled with joy in receiving a gift, then it can get lost along the way, and it's the same way with the gift of God, with the grace of God, and also this active gift to be able to serve this gift of service. And every once in a while, we have an opportunity to use this gift that God has given us, this gift to serve others. We get an opportunity to serve as a local church. Yesterday, many of us served in this dinner. We've, we've had opportunities to serve our community as well. And sometimes we realize when we're able to serve that oftentimes we feel like we're getting back even more than we gave And when we get that feeling, that's God's reminder that this has been His gift from the very beginning. God gifts us with service because it is the gift that keeps on giving. And that's the reason God calls us to serve. Not just to give us an order, but so that we would receive this gift that He has for us. But it also serves as a warning. Because God gives us this gift so that we would avoid the dangers of consumerism. And consumerism, I really do believe, is the idol of our culture. Consumerism is when we get and when we take everything that we want just to discover that we're missing something that we had before. And that something is the God-given gift of service. The God-given gift of His grace that we didn't earn through our works, but that He freely gives to us. As the church, we're God's family. So we're a unique people. A peculiar people, as some of the Scripture says. A holy people. Holy doesn't really mean having halos or you know standing a particular way, but holy just means being set apart for God's purposes. Holiness means that we think and act differently. As God's family, we participate in serving, in serving with a generosity and an unconditional love, just as God has been generous and has had unconditional love toward us. Again, these are more than just commands. These are actually warnings that the Scripture gives us, warning us Of the danger that if we stop serving, if we stop, if we lose sight of the grace of God, of this gift of God, then we can lose our sense of gratitude. We can lose our sense of gratitude for what we've been given. And when we serve, we can better understand what the grace of God is. That He didn't have to do anything for us, but He chose to. He chose to serve us. And when we serve, we're reminded of the gift that we've had all along. The gift of God's grace and the gift of being able to serve others. Well, let's be clear about this. If our posture is one, or we just say, you know what, I just refuse to serve I'm coming here to church because I just want to take and consume and like a movie theater and I'm in and out, whatever it may be. If our posture and our attitude is one where we refuse to serve, then the truth is, friends, that we don't understand grace. We don't understand the grace of God because service is a response to the grace of God. We serve because he first served us. He came down when he didn't have to, but he chose to. And in the same way, we can be active members in God's family that way. When we roll up our sleeves and when we serve to build up God's kingdom and to serve one another. Ultimately, serving is about the far greater truth that if we don't find a way to serve, then we can become miserable. And there's all kinds of opportunities to be able to do that. We talked a little bit about that yesterday, but we're at the dinner. But for those of us that weren't here, even as we're looking into this new year, what's going to be the way that God can call you to lean in and to serve, to build up what God is doing here at Imago Church? Because the truth is that if we're not generous with our serving. The truth, and I've seen this happen over and over again, I've served all kinds of churches, big, small, rich, poor, but the fact is that if we don't spread our resources and our service and our time uh, in, in a way that is generous, just as God does, all of those things will turn on us. Our education, our wealth, our time, our money will turn on us, if we don't spread them around in generosity as God has commanded. So when we give of our time, of our treasure, of our talents, we're able to to build up God's kingdom. Something invisible, something powerful is happening when we do that. And in serving someone else, we may learn of the service that they may be doing us by saving us from indifference by saving us from pride, and most importantly, by saving us from taking what God has graciously given us for granted. We've been talking about this past month in the book of Acts, in this series on multipliers, that our lives can take different routes. Our lives can go one way or another way. Sometimes like being at a fork in the road for those of us that drive, we have this option to go left or right, but it's going to take us to different destinations. Now, let's be clear about this. If our lives are all about us, if my life is just about me and mine, then my life is going to become smaller and smaller and smaller. We will become petty people anxious about things that do not matter. But our lives, and this is the grace of God, this is the opportunity of God, our lives can take a different path. They can take a different direction. Jesus is completely aware of this. That's why I believe he talks so much about serving about being generous and gracious, just as He is. In the New Testament alone, there are over 91 another proclamations love one another, serve one another, carry one another's burdens. Jesus is that model. And He's doing that, not just to bark in order at us so that we groan while we do it, but service is about keeping our story as a part of God's family alive. So that's my prayer for us this morning. Together, as God's family, may we come to serve with joy. May we let go of our obsession with control and security to come to love one another without condition, just as God has loved us without condition. May we receive the gift of serving That we may joyfully partner with God in accomplishing His dreams of restoring all things back to Himself. And may, may we accomplish our life purpose as being active members in God's family. Friends, that's my prayer for us. And above all, may we not just do church or go to church. But friends, brothers, sisters, may we be the church. Let's pray together. Vamos orar juntos. Lord God, we thank you that your word never comes back empty. And that you always, Lord, invite us into something bigger. Forgive us, Lord, when we've just wanted to conform to our own ways, to our own lives, to our own pettiness at times, Lord. Help us, Lord, today to look up, to look up to you. And to see, God, that you've invited us into something so much bigger, so much greater, Lord as it even says in Your Scripture in the book of Ephesians, bigger than anything we can ask for or even imagine. And Lord, I pray that today You would be able to meet us right where we're at. We've heard Your Word proclaimed. We've meditated on it, Lord. And we just profess and proclaim that today we do not belong to ourselves. Each one of us, God, can... Can confess that my life is not my own for some of us we've been living that way but it's time today to hand that back to hand that back into the faithful hands of God into the only hands that can truly sustain the weight of your entire life the weight of this burden of this challenge that you may be going through right now this morning you can hand it back to Him. Lord God, help us today to embrace this calling, to embrace the reality that you are alive and that because of what you've done, we belong. We belong and everyone is invited. So use us, Lord, to be your hands and feet to proclaim and multiply this good news, God. May we give up the old way of thinking where it's me first, God. But this morning, may we put you first, Lord. Take your rightful place as the center of our lives. Take your rightful place as the center of this church. Build us up, Lord, to who you would have us to be in this new season, Lord, even as we're looking at the weather change, God, of the the fall and the winter, the old is passing and the new is coming, God, a new season. Prepare us, Lord, for this new season, for who you would have us be. We are your church, Lord, and this is your family. We belong fully to you